great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just ran down. Everybody, amazing! I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. Now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick. coming off of a really tough loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers in our own stadium. It felt like there were an overwhelming amount of Pittsburgh Steelers fans in the stadium. A really tough loss came down the last minute, but first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. I mean, you know, despite the game, all good over here. It's when you lose like that, it it stings a lot harder. It feels like the refs don't really, uh, aren't calling the one-sided game. You can't challenge it within two minutes because you burned all your timeouts. And, yeah, I mean, it's grueling. It's emotional. It's tough. And I, you, you walk away feeling like the better team lost, honestly. I feel like we we did more on offense. But, you know, when you have a kicker that can't make uh, extra points, <laughs> I don't know what, what you expect to do. It's, it's a really tough situation. We're going to go through the kicker situation. We're going to go through – what we saw from an offensive perspective, what we saw from Pittsburgh from a defensive perspective, some of the highlights, some of the lowlights, and everything in between. Um, but first, before we kick anything off, we want to give a shout-out to Bruce Hall um, because Bruce Hall in Torrance, in Hermosa Beach, is giving away free rally fries. Um, so make sure to mention Rams Brothers. Visit them online at thebruisehall.com, Instagram at thebruisehall. Visit them. Go ask for your free rally fries. Rams Brothers sent you, and you guys can go and get the hookup. Cool. We ready to go? Oh, yeah. Well, so where, where, where do we start? <laughs> where do we even start? I, I mean, you could you could talk about Daryl Henderson. You could talk I, about. I mean, great addition there, huh? I, I thought so. I, I was pretty impressed with what we saw from Daryl Henderson. I think holistically from the run game, I think that was a big conversation within the week. Uh, a lot of Rams fans were curious as to who was going to get a majority of the carries. It's pretty even split between uh, Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman. Daryl Henderson ended up getting more of the carries. But holistically, 31 carries, 135 yards, 4.4 yards per carry, and a touchdown by Daryl Henderson. Uh, Royce Freeman added, I think it was 11 carries, 12 carries for 66 yards. So Henderson was at 18 for 61 yards, an average of 3.4 yards per carry. Um, So, I mean, he ended up with a touchdown. I think it was a pretty good addition, all things considered. I think you were still pretty balanced with some of the play calling. I think for the most part, right, I think you were really curious as to if they were going to stay balanced with Kyron Williams going on IR, with Ronnie Rivers being out, same deal. Um, so you were really curious as to if that was going to occur. And I thought for the most part, here's what we were looking at at halftime. Um, five, point, uh, five yards per carry running the ball, I think well enough. We were perfectly balanced. 16 passes to 16 runs. And I think we ended with 31 rushes to 29 passes. So overall, uh, it was a pretty balanced play calling uh, game from, from Sean McVay. And I wasn't discouraged by the offense. I think there were just a couple of mistakes, the TJ Watt interception that ended up, ended up getting us behind the eight ball. But I mean, it wasn't like an overwhelmingly poor performance by the offense. No, I mean, I think if you're, 
a casual Rams fan and you blink and you go from last week to this week, you might not even have noticed that we lost any running backs. Uh, the running game, it maybe have looked like, you know, at its highest today. Like there were a lot of great runs. There were large chunk runs. There were angry runs that they were going right into the Steelers and bouncing off of them and getting a little extra yards after that. But, yeah, I mean, to start the half to go and empty, Stafford throws the worst pick of the season uh, from him right into uh, the defender on double coverage on uh, Cooper behind him. So it's just, uh, I mean, it's a game where you you have a kicker that you don't trust, and if you make any mistakes like that, you know, it's going to lose you the game. And you can, you know, you can point to that. You can point to Brett Maher. You can point to a lot of specific things. I mean, the defense as to why you lost, but those little things, I mean, they're big and they add up really fast. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it, it comes back to why do you not trust the run game as soon as the, as soon as you start the second hand, yeah, like, got it. empty. But that's what you did last week. And it worked so well against Arizona. You came out really strong running the ball, trusting the offensive line and it worked out really well. And I think some of the frustrations come from the fact that, like we were perfectly balanced, right? We just talked about 31 rushes to 29 passes. But some of the decision-making, like this was one of those situations, this is one of those teams, one of those games where it's going to come down to one single decision. It's going to come down to an interception. It's going to come down to a turnover and or a missed field goal, in this case, a couple. And I think just, you know, when it comes to situational play calling, we talked about this time and time again with Sean McVay. You have to be really solid when you come right out of the half, especially when you have the ball, when you're up nine to three. You're in a situation where you could, you know, theoretically be in a better position because you could have tacked on an extra point. You could have added another field goal from Brett Maher, been up 13 to three at the half. But regardless, you're up nine to three and you're in a situation where you could put together a drive, a nine, 10 play drive that tacks off seven minutes, seven and a half minutes and methodically marches you down the field and puts you in a position to be able to at least score points. And that's what they've done when they've gotten into the red zone. Just didn't seem like they did it enough today. No, I mean, a team like the Steelers, where if you give them gifts, they're going to be able to, you know, open the gifts, I guess, and Mm -hmm. score in the red zone. But, like, if you pin them back, we were able to hold them, like, pretty much all day until the the bitter end where questionable um, spotting on that very last play. But it's like you can't give them opportunities to just open the door and – we gave them too many with two missed 51 yarders. It's like after the guy misses an extra point, just punt the ball. Like he's not going to make a 51 yarder after you miss an extra point. Like, and then you give them amazing field position twice because you missed those huge field goals. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jordan tweet just pulled up missed field goal possession started at, at pit 41 uh, pit field goal interception possession started at LA seven touchdown missed field goal possession started at pit 43 touchdown all other possessions punts so if you give them any you know like a sliver they're going to take a mile and it's it's impossible not to blame Brett Maher and I said at the the beginning of the season if he's on your roster you shouldn't be considered a serious team and we're not and at this point in the season we're not a serious team complimentary football has to do with the offense has to do with the defense has to do with the special teams if the special teams is not putting the defense in a situation that could benefit them. It's putting them with their backs up against the wall. It's putting them in unfavorable field position. It's putting them in in difficult thirds and in shorts to defend. And like all of these situations gets them into the red zone. Even 
the, the Steelers who have been so poor in the red zone, they were bottom three offense when it comes to the red zone. But when you march down the field and you tire out the defense in those ways, it, it just allows for them to be able to kind of walk into the end zone and um, was unfortunately the case in this game. It's like you did everything you did. There were a couple of really bad penalties down the stretch. You didn't get enough pressure when you needed to. I think some of the, the young secondary was, was liable. You know, Darion Kendrick made a couple of mistakes down the stretch. Um, the one-on-one opportunities with George Pickens. So it's it's like you ne- you needed those stops, you needed those opportunities, you needed the situational play calling to be good, and all around it was just you made tiny mistakes and they took a mile, like exactly what you said. Yeah, poor, poor. I mean, you know, it's weird because you can kind of grade the offense high in a way. There were some really good plays, like to end the uh, end the first half, they get in the red zone or, or I mean they get in the end zone with a 2-2 pass that yeah. looked like it was, to, it was essentially being thrown away that one puka catch was amazing uh the running game for these guys that we essentially picked up off the couch like the really catch. like yeah some like great things and then you walk away with the loss and you're like what like how and you know it's very easy to see how when you have a kicker that you just don't trust but you you know apparently the front office trusts enough well, it's yeah, I think the kicker decision, just because of the fact that it put the Steelers in such favorable field position consistently, like you have to be, I mean, that, that just makes you that much more of a threat from a special teams perspective. And I understand that they had rookies. I understand it was going to be a deficiency of this team. It was going to take some growing pains throughout the season. I just, there's a lot of points in the season where, you know, you, if you're going to be a good team, if you're going to be competitive down the stretch, if you're going to beat an AFC team in your home stadium, it's going to be reliant on making some field goals. And I, I just. Or really, like, or, or, or knowing your special teams enough and your field goal unit enough to not kick that and punt it away. Or, you have or, 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 right. Or go for it in those situations, which yeah. is the point that yeah. I was, the point that I was trying to get to is like, that's where we could be as an offense. You could, instead of third and, and nine, in, instead of, um, you know, throwing and taking a shot in those situations, you can get yourself in a more favorable fourth and short and then either go for it or, you know, hopefully pin them back even deeper so that they have a longer field to drive and it gives your defense more time. So I don't know. You can go back and forth with with some of that stuff. I just, I'm not... You have a field goal kicker that's not good enough. When you have a, a defense that it just it just seems like they're a player away, they're a penalty away, they're a Darion Kendrick mistake away from a, a huge gainer. Um, you have to be able to kind of pin your ears back, rush the passer, be able to knock Kenny Pickett on his ass. And I I didn't think they did that enough today. No, and then just allow Pickens to just like go off like that. It's like that's all they have. That's literally all they have. They have that and Najee, and that's all they really ran all day. And it was enough. It was enough. Like we gave them too many opportunities. They capitalized. And you walk away wanting to feel like the Rams were the better team because there were such great flashes on offense. But no, I don't think so at all. As a complete unit, the Steelers are the better team. Well, I mean, that's you can you can look at the numbers side by side. Stafford was 14 at 29 for 231 yards, a touchdown, an interception to TJ Watt, and he was sacked twice. The interception to TJ Watt was was just a mistake, and it was a great play by TJ Watt, just kind of drifting over to the open receiver in a one-on-one opportunity. But then, like Kenny Pickett, Nick was 17 at 25 for 230 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked twice at a 97.1 rating compared to Stafford's 72.6. So 
Kenny Pickett theoretically was the better quarterback. And I heard the yeah. broadcast just call he made out less that. mistakes, you know? Yeah. yeah, he made some big throws down the stretch. He didn't have to take a ton of shots. He didn't have to make explosives, which is one of the benefits to Matt Canada's offense. It's like you get the ball in your playmaker's hands, even when they're not in a route that is allowing them to catch the ball on the run. You can catch the ball on a comeback route, right? Something that just allows you to go out of bounds on the sidelines, like just a, a shallow crosser that allows you to catch the ball and run. It's like some of these things, it's, it seems really simplistic. It seems like stuff that Matt Canada has gotten criticism over, but it's sometimes it's simple that wins and getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers in any situation seems like it was in the benefit of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the broadcast called out. They were like, Kenny Pickett's been really good within the last five minutes of games. Um, and, Which is what he does every week. He's not asked to be great. He's asked to lead the team in the fourth quarter to get a, yeah. one crucial drive. And that's, that's what he did, you know? And like yeah. you would think that we were good enough to at least stop them on that fourth and one. So we give our offense a chance to be great, but you know, I guess the spot was uh, well, controversial for a reason. I was going to say, here's the spot. So, I mean, it's about as controversial as it gets. The knee's down. As it gets, the knee's down. He slips. The ball's down, obviously short of the marker. So it should have been a turnover on downs. And the Rams should have had, had possession at 24 to 17 with roughly two minutes to go. Unfortunately, they weren't in that situation. The clock ended up running out. And I think that that's one of the things that needs to be changed with NFL officiating. I'm not going to complain about the officiating because it's consistently bad every week across the league. But it's touchdowns and turnovers and fourth down spots need to all be reviewable under any circumstance. You don't have to get down to under two minutes to be able to review these things. Like touchdowns and turnovers are automatically reviewed. I think fourth down spots should also be included in that conversation. It's not that hard to figure out. I think it's just a very, very quick adjustment, which could, you know, allow to alleviate some of the pain that was um, aggravated in this game, in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, lots of pain. You, you walk away from that game as a fan with lots of pain, especially pain. at the end. Everywhere. And also, I mean, they're at the point, I think, where if they do get that stop at fourth down, and let's say hypothetically they do score, they're going to go for two, I would think. Right. I would hope, I would pray that they don't let Maher go back out there. So yeah. it really feels like, you know, you have an opportunity to to win the game if you get that stop because you know you're not going to go in overtime, even if you yeah. do score. Yeah, I thought that's what was really frustrating. Like some of the miscues, like we brought this up a little bit, but obviously the three field goals, the two drops, the one interception, this was earlier on in the game. Cooper Cup started the game with two drops, which was very odd. He wasn't the leading receiver in this game. He had seven targets, but it was Puka Nakua, who had 12 targets for eight receptions, 154 yards. And for two of his incompletions and two of his targets, he was held third and short, like the most blatant holding calls coming across the middle on a slant. The other one, I think he was, he was running out towards the sideline. And it was just, you could see the defender draped all over his shoulder. And the fact that you don't call that is just so detrimental to the actual game situation and flips everything so far in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Rams have to punt. So, I, I, you know, I'm really impressed with the player that Puka Nakua has become. Even on the Daryl Henderson touchdown run, he was the lead blocker on that play. So just kind of, you know, being able to get to the line of scrimmage, being able to win on one-on-one -on -one opportunities in the secondary with a linebacker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a complete player. He's really good. He's a shining star on this. Let's call it what it is. It's a rebuilding team. He is the, like, he is a true star. He's a diamond in the rough, if you want to use Aladdin terminology, um, <laughs> because he has been amazing all season. And with him and Cooper Cup out there, you'd think that the Rams would be able to score more 
you know, than 17. And yeah. to their credit, they probably should have if they had a better, you know, kicker. I'm sorry. It's impossible for me not to bring up constantly. We talked about it, though. It's, it's a huge it's, aspect. It's not specifically about the kicker missing kicks. It's about the, the field position that you give the defense, or you give the offense, rather, how quickly they were able to score, and then all of the other possessions that result in a punt. So it's like your defense does the job. It just your kicker knocks the ball through. It's even more of a lopsided score. It's not. It's not. We're tied twenty-four to twenty-four late in the game because the field goal kicker missed two field goals and an extra point. It's we would be up twenty-four to seventeen because of all of the lopsided field field positions that we've put this offense in. And it's just it's it's really not fair. like when you look at the numbers on like the Rams won almost every statistical category. They had more first downs. They were right. they were better on third down. They had more time of possession. They had more total yards, more rushing yards, more passing yards. That you know they obviously lost the turnover battle, but they you know they did what they needed to do. And it's it's that's just a why that's why when I started this podcast, I said the Rams. You, you walk away feeling like the Rams are the better team, but they also didn't capitalize on situations where they were able to drive down the field and they couldn't cap it off with a touchdown and they. We're settling for a missed field goal. And, you know, it's also like the coaching. It's like throwing the field goal kicker out there again after the misses. It's like you have to be smart enough to know that this guy's not doesn't have it today, so you should punt. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think walking away, the smarter, better team is the Steelers, honestly. It's, you know, the stats are not going to tell the picture of the actual final score, unfortunately. As much Dude. as you want to be like a stack, you know. Whoever wants to be like a stat hero, it's not enough. Well, here's here's a really interesting stat. Speaking of stat hero, Michael Hoyt, he led the team in tackles today. He had two tackles for a loss. He had two sacks and he had two quarterback hits. So for everybody um, that has been down on Michael Hoyt, he actually stepped up for today. And, you know, he's actually able to stand out on a defensive line that needed a lot of help generating pressure and stopping the run. So, you know, a decent performance from a, you know, put up some stats, was able to get on the, on the, the leaderboard in terms of tackles. Uh, so I was happy with Michael Hoyt and then Darion Kendrick. Uh, I, I think this is a really interesting conversation because he was obviously coming out of the multiple misdemeanor charges um, that he racked up over the weekend, over last weekend's loss to the, the Arizona Cardinals after the game at 2.15 in the morning, the following morning. What do you do with Darion Kendrick? It seems like he didn't even show up on the stat sheet. Like I was looking at how many tackles did Darion Kendrick have? Did he have any pass breakups? Did he, did, did, did he do anything? And he didn't. <laughs> there, he was pulled from the game after the penalty. Um, so obviously, when you're dealing with personal stuff, it's probably excruciatingly difficult to be able to execute on the field the way that you need to, especially in a complicated defense against a really talented receiver in George Pickens or Deontay Johnson. Um, so again, hopefully he figures it out from a personal perspective, but thought it was odd that he was even on the field. To be honest, yeah, I you know I, I listened to the press conference by McVay who said. You know, it's not something that, like, I'm glad I learned more about the law and it's something that we can talk to him about. And yeah. it's not something like we can make the decision if he is okay to play. And thankfully the NFL, like, allows coaches to make that call and they don't have to step in. Um, but it was the wrong call. Like, <laughs> like, he was going through some stuff, clearly. And you think he's, he's your best option. Um, and you were wrong. And you paid the price for it. Honestly, I, I mean, yeah, like, I did see. Just, I felt like I bad, bad decision. 
I saw some situations and we kind of brought this to light in the last episode where we thought that Darion Kendrick, if he wasn't on the field, that we were going to see Kobe Durant outside. And we did. We saw him outside a little bit on Deontay Johnson. You saw him a little bit outside on, on George Pickens. And then you saw a little bit of Duke Shelley, right? So I think if you get a little bit of Trey Tomlinson, you get a little bit of Duke Shelley. Uh, Kella Witherspoon had a down game. It seemed like they were taking advantage a little bit of him. And I, the defense holistically, the missed tackles in the open field is not something that you can hang your hat on. It's not something that you can come back week to week and be like, okay, the Rams are great at tackling in the open field against all of the teams that they're going to have to play down the stretch. They're all teams with playmakers that you're going to have to tackle in the open field. The San Francisco 49ers, you know, they're going to have to play the Cardinals again and whomever else at Dallas Cowboys next week. And whomever else it may be, you got the Saints, you know, all of these teams that have playmakers down the stretch, you're going to have to be able to face, you're going to have to be able to make open tackles, which is just basic football 101 stuff. And, you know, sometimes with a younger team, especially a younger secondary, you're reliant on guys like Russ Yeast and Jordan Fuller and Quinton Lake to make tackles. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Um, uh, So I can kind of go back and forth on the defense. But, you know, a lot of the points on the board, I just would like to see a different game if they were able to defend for a full field in a, in a full game situation versus having to defend against half a field and allowing touchdowns in those situations. Yeah. 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 I mean, when they had the full field, it they feels were like, yeah, it feels like Morris is in his bag, you know, like yeah. he feels like he can just operate with so much more still though. It's, it's getting the third and long and stopping on third and long and not letting them convert because it's, I mean, that's the, that is what history is going to write about this Rams defense is third and long is the prime time for the opposing offense to, to get a first down. It's like, don't even worry about because the Rams will bring you to third down, but it doesn't even matter because it seems like everything is open on third and eight. Right. They haven't been able to get off the field in those situations. Although today they were a little bit better. Yeah. Um, they're a couple three and outs on third down. Yeah. The Steelers were only four of 12. So, yeah, a ton of punts in the first half. I think the Steelers had four or five punts in the first half. A ton of three and outs early on, which is what we expected from the offense. But when they had a shorter field, your playbook opens up um, and, you know, puts yourself in a much better situation. Mike Tomlin was was in his bag. Matt Canada was in his bag. Kenny Pickett was in his bag. You never want to hear Matt Canada (laughs) was in his bag. I mean, he is, like, getting yelled at every week by fans to get fired. And against the Rams, he's in his bag. Like, got to be better than that. Yeah, I just – and, you know, it's it's a Steelers team that was missing a couple of key personnel, right? We talked about Cam Hayward the week prior. We talked about Pat Fryermuth potentially playing, and then they ended up putting him on IR. So, you know, two pretty – pretty big pieces to the offense and defense that the Steelers were missing in this game. And then obviously you saw the combination of Highsmith and JJ Watt or TJ Watt rather TJ Watt is just a menace. If he's not a hundred percent, he's still a hundred percent. He's one of those kind of players. He's a Nick Bosa type player uh, is as impressive as it gets, just like his brother was. Um, so, I mean, having to deal with him in this kind of situation, Stafford getting blasted a couple of times, but I, I did think that the, the offensive line, was pretty impressive, you know, having generated yeah. 135 yards in the run game and only allowing two sacks to Matthew Stafford for the most part was pretty impressive. So it sounded like yeah, something no. was players from week to week, which was important. Shout out to the offensive line. Shout out to Puka Nakua. Shout out to the running backs, the brand new running backs who came in because like, yeah. like we were saying, shout out to Tutu Atwell and Cooper Cup, like a lot of good. Even Stafford evaded some with his feet, um, you know, and dove to get the first down. 
just something that you just don't see from from the type of quarterback that he is anymore. I'll tell you so, what, and Daryl Henderson, incredible pass protection on that play. Yeah. Oh my! Like it was an all-out blitz, and Daryl Henderson just stuffed it up, and Matthew Stafford was able to slip right up the gut and slide out to the right-hand side and and run for eight yards, yeah, which got him first down on third and seven. It was a huge play. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe a bad grade from Higby, you know, right there, because that kind of wins the game. Yeah, horrible drop. Um, But everything you saw in the offense, honestly, was pretty good. Did like, you know, when you think about you're going up against the, like one of the better defenses in the NFL, maybe take out that Matthew Stafford pick. But let's be real. It's the kind of quarterback he is. He was due for a bonehead, bad interception. Um and yeah, honestly, the offensive uh, you know coaching team put him in a bad spot there. It's to start the half, like I said, on empty like that. It's just bad. It's just bad, and it shows that you're not trusting your run game. And then immediately, like right after the Steelers score, they go to the run like three times around to get a first down. It's like oh, the wow. Rams. Yeah, the Rams had a stat where I think Tyler Higby, when he was and he's lined up in line on first down, or if he's lined up as a pass catcher in the slot on first down there's a 100% of the chance that the Rams are going to pass on that play. Like yeah. those are the tendencies that are starting in the league. And you have a six-week, seven-week sample size as to where you can say on first down, if Tyler Higby is lined up A, B, or C, the Rams are going to throw. It's, it's that predictable. And that's the tendency that the Steelers fell into as soon as they came out of the second half. It's really good coaching by Tyrell Austin, uh, the defensive coordinator, Mike Tomlin, you know, he's he's as good as it gets because he's playing mind games on the sidelines. He's complimenting Akella Witherspoon for the play that he made on a penalty or on a third and five gainer by George Pickens for 15 yards. Like, that's an impressive mind game type coach. Um, but I think the battle back and forth was solid enough for McVay to end up on top. And now it's like the child is going to potentially be born this week. I, I think we saw from, from Sean McVay's cousin, John, who likes to comment um, on our episodes, um, shout out, John. We appreciate you. Um, that uh, Veronica is going to potentially be induced after this week. So you're going to ha- hopefully have Sean McVay's baby during the week. And then you'll have an entire week of McVay getting to be with the baby. And then you got game time on Sunday. And you said, you know, he's not going to ever miss a game, even though it's yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. 10 a.m. in Dallas. Um, a Dallas off a of bye. We got two great teams off a of bye. Love the schedule makers. Uh, <laughs> thanks for looking out for us. I mean, I- I'm going to paraphrase a text that our dad sent us at the very end of today after a full, you know, laundry list of all of us going at each other, you know, kind of being like, what was that? Essentially saying the same thing, three people saying the exact same thing back and forth. Um, He said something along the lines of when you're fighting every week and you're a team that is in like a reset mode or uh, help me out. What were they calling it? Like, like a rearranging this year? It wasn't it like a retool. A, yeah, it's like a retooling. You're retooling and you're putting up a fight every single week. You should be hopeful for the future. And that is a great insight to have after one of the worst uh, emotional losses we've had in quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's going to be a roller coaster. I think that's one of the things that we mentioned. Um, on on X while we we're just kind of like you know tweeting through the play by play and the emotions, it is a roller coaster. It is you know a lot of young players. You want to make sure you have your eyes on Steve Avila and and Puka Nakua 
and you know Zach Evans and whomever else it may be, some of these young kids and Byron Young that are getting opportunities, you wanna make sure that they're progressing in the right direction. You also simultaneously wanna make sure that your weight bearing walls are staying healthy and your offensive line is building continuity from week to week and you finally found the right combination. So for all the retooling that's happening, I think it's a, it's a great um, you know, example as to how many moving pieces there actually are within the process of retooling. You're, you're getting rid of players. You're getting rid of Cam Akers and Van Jefferson. You lost two players to the injured reserve. A player's getting arrested. You brought in two running backs. You have to host a team that's coming off of a bye that historically has like a great traveling fan base. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, 65% Steelers fans, maybe they all had their terrible towels. I thought the Rams were going to do some kind of promotion where they had they towels. Did. did they? I didn't see it. I saw more so- terrible towels. So it was, I mean, the name, I felt like we lost as soon as they released the name. It was the Super Awesome Towel. And it was a blue Rams towel exclusively for season ticket holders. So let's make sure to not give them to every Rams fans that walk in, but only to the season ticket holders. I mean, it was a fumble right there. And also, like, Super Awesome? Was this, like, the year 20, like, 2010? Like, come yeah. on, like. That's not going to fly today. That doesn't sound cool. Mm, that's really tough. I would have liked to. Yeah, just it could, could have been worse. Like- could have been a lot worse. You can be the Chargers, and you could be two and four, and you could not be retooling this year. Right, right, and you could be talking about losing your head coach. And um, hey, maybe if we get our uh, our old defensive coordinator back, or now maybe because there's no situation nah, where Grant Staley ever comes back. But I was just going to say the fourth down play calling. Uh, that's you know he he rolls the dice far too frequently with that offense, but I I do like the situation where if you do not like your field goal kicker and they have Digger the kicker, but we have Brad Maher and I, I do not like our field goal kicker. Where no, if I'm I in mean, the short, like, like if we I come do. out next week and we go into Dallas, which was a house of horrors for this guy, um, and we still have him on the roster. Then there's no zero seriousness in this team. They're not competing for a playoff spot. Like they're just getting to the end of the season to see what they have, and then they're going to retool because there's no reason Maher should be on the roster. Unfortunately, like I don't know how the guy is. You know, it's like regardless of who he is as a human, you gotta you gotta be able to produce in those moments. You gotta at least make the extra point. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that's where it hurts. This is everybody's reaction, collective Rams fans' reaction, after these moments. It's this. Was that after he missed? Oh, I think it was after the final kneel down. um, Where Matt was like, trying to figure out, yeah, great hat. Trying to figure out, like, what is the ruling? Why is that? Why are we not able to challenge that? We can't challenge a play if we don't have any timeouts. Which is like, you can't shoot a gun if you don't have any ammunition. Yes. Just it's just such an odd call. All right, well, we're moving on to next week. We got Dallas next week. We're going to do another episode. We're going to preview the Dallas Cowboys, but we wanted to jump on and make sure we talk to you guys tonight because I can imagine a lot of Rams fans' emotions are flying all over the place. But first and most importantly, please ram it. <laughs> like and subscribe, please. We need you guys. Subscribe. The jury is still out on my Halloween costume and what I will be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock off two things right now. It is not Super Mario and it is not Freddie Mercury. So, and it's not Jeff Fisher. 
No, I didn't say that. The jury's still out. We'll find out. We'll find out by the end of next week. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you guys. And go Rams. Talk to you next week. Peace.